Today's episode of Bachelor Party on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. And they're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and L.A. And they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics, fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate. We're trying to raise $250,000, and if you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to the World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. Welcome to a very special Tuesday night bachelor party. Doesn't happen often, but we're doing the best reality TV characters of all time on the website. And as such, gotta go big, you know? And so I've got Wes Bergman, the man, the myth, the legend. We talked for like a solid 40 minutes and it was everything you want from Wes. So get excited. But first, let's talk about tonight's bracket results. I am joined by my colleague, the co-host of Tea Time on Ringer Dish, Amelia Wedemeyer. Hi, Amelia. Hey, Juliet. We got some blowouts that I have to say I'm not happy about, and I'd like Man. to go over them. Yes, please, because I'm pissed off, too. I am as well. Let's just go through these. First and foremost, as it relates to the challenge, Johnny Bananas blew away the apple of my eye, the owner of my heart, Mr. <laughs> Tyler Cameron. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I'm like over Tyler, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I, I have to be honest, but... Johnny Bananas, you know, whatever. I don't want to say I'm over Tyler because I'm obviously not. I talk about him on every (laughs) podcast. But I I get it. The quarantine crew, it's too much. It's like That was a lot. I'm done with the QC content. I think it's nice that Tyler and Matt are Zooming into like people's parties and events for fundraisers and whatnot. I'm sure they also like just enjoy it. Also, like Tyler seems like super 27 years old, you know, just like hanging <laughs> with his, his boys at his house in Florida. And like, that's totally fine. Sure. I just feel like we're getting, we're getting a lot of them and I get it. I, I get it. But he right. really got blown away. Oh my, it's embarrassing. Honestly, from what a big summer he had to this from Johnny bananas, who honestly, like if you know, MTV shows, like, you know, Johnny bananas, but if you don't know MTV shows, which is like a decent amount of people because it's like cable, then you don't really know Johnny Bananas. Here's the thing, though. Johnny Bananas was on the real world Key West, which is very easy to date because they had to evacuate when they were filming because of her. I remember Katrina. that. <laughs> so that means they filmed it in, in the fall of 2005 and therefore it aired in 2006. So Johnny Bananas has been on television for a decade and a half. And so Damn. Tyler was on television for 10 weeks and he hasn't been on since. So just in terms of exposure and like a lot of these are basically like, how well do you know these people? Johnny Bananas is going to win. Nonetheless, I do think Tyler needs a little, needs to like rein in his brand a little bit. Totally. Oh, especially because he's friends with that freaking Dylan guy. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Dylan. Well, let's just talk about Matt for one second. So there's like a little bit of a, of a controversy brewing in Bachelor Nation because Claire tweeted about her guys. If you're already doing cameos, you're not here for the right reason. Right. Or you're not doing it for the right reasons. Doing it being going on her season. Everyone assumed that was about Matt. She denied it. 
she said it was about other guys. And then it was confirmed. These other dudes are on cameo, but hard to not see that a shot's fired at Matt. Oh, I mean, I'm sure she was like, it wasn't Matt, but it like, it obviously included him. Like, how could it not? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I mean, it had to have included her. And she and she can't be excited about someone having so much attention before they go on the show, you know? Like, no, I I'm totally sure get she that. wants to find love, but she also probably wants to like be the center of attention. T- totally, totally. And there are just like there are enough guys in their 20s on her season or were, I guess, that it's just I don't I think this is I mean, I'm not obviously this whole quarantine thing is horrible and like stay safe, everyone. But I think for The Bachelorette, hopefully they'll be able to use this time to recast. Yeah, I hope so as well. All right. Next, Jay Cutler blew away Stassi Schroeder. Can't say this is surprising on a sports and pop culture website. Jay Cutler, way more famous than Stassi. But nonetheless, this, this hurts. Well, maybe people felt bad because of his impending divorce. I mean, I don't want to read too much into it. I'm going to go ahead and say the divorce is like in, in large part more than half his fault. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Here's the thing about Kristen Cavallari. I've never been a fan. I never liked her. I thought she was annoying on Laguna Beach. I didn't like when she was a star of the hills. Mm. I don't like her now. Yeah. Jay Cutler is objectively a bad husband. Part His whole shtick on the show is being a jerk. Oh True my God. I've, I've never like, seen the show. All you need to know is the smoking Jay Cutler meme. Like that is who he is. <laughs> well, I mean, I love um, Andrew's recaps and I, I love that he had with her um, clothing line or accessories line. He made a bracelet. Yeah. That Uncommon opened, James. Uncommon James that also doubled as like a bottle opener, which I feel like says a lot about him and his personal brand. But, you know, I know it, I agree. It does. All right. You know what? I just, Stassi, we rep for you every Wednesday night on Bachelor Party. You will always win over Jay Cutler in my book. So we got you, girl. Don't worry about it. Yes. Next upset, or I don't know if it's, it's not an upset. Next blowout. Snooki blowing away LC, Lauren Conrad. Yes. Which honestly, not surprising because Lauren Conrad doesn't really have a personality. So also, she's definitely not famous to our readership anymore, which is okay. Yeah, no, she's like doing her own thing. She's got a line at like, you know, Kmart. She's married to a guy named William Coles. Tell. Oh, Cole, yeah. sorry, yes. And, and uh, you know, I just want to say, Snooki on TikTok is basically videos of her daughter and her like doing dances. Her daughter's a really good dancer for her age. <laughs> she's so cute. And the videos are just adorable. Only problem is, I don't know if I always agree with Snooki's choices in general. Sure. She's undeniably a top... 10, if not five, reality TV character of all time. There's just no denying. There's no denying it. She's iconic. I was rewatching the episode where she's like, where's the beach? The other day. And <laughs> she's like, just amazing. Amazing stuff. Just, I I'm, I loved every single second of it. And I just was like, oh God, this show is so good. I think of the line, party's here all the time. <laughs> all the time. And then her friendship with Dina was very sweet. The meatballs. She just seems like actually yeah. a good a good friend. And yeah. she was she was amazing. I, as I think about it more and more, I think season one of Jersey Shore is like probably one of the most defining seasons of television in the history of the format. It's just like an incredible, so good. incredibly special. And I don't know if it will really ever happen again. That's hard to say. That's really hard to say. I Because uh, there's so much backlash, you know, with the whole, like, this is depiction of, you know, Italian-Americans Italian, and, yeah. and New Jerseyans and stuff. But I'm just reminiscing right now, and I'm like, oh, my God, what an iconic show. 
In the GTL thing, I had Sally on oh. uh, Sally Ann Salzano on the pod a couple years ago. She was great. I, I like adore Sally Ann. And she said the GTL thing like was pretty organic. Like that's how they wanted to spend their time was gym, tan, and laundry. And that became I'm part sure. of like, their production planning. And then the guys saw it and they turned it into a phrase. But it just seemed like their relationships are really genuine. I don't know. Jersey Shore is just really special. And I'm I cling to that that specialness as much as possible. No, to- I totally agree. They're just like real people living their lives. And it's like all the things they got into just you just knew it wasn't scripted, you know, because it was just so insane. And yeah, no. just love it. Next, CT blowing away Joe Budden from Love and Hip Hop. <sighs> Joe Budden, our Spotify colleague. Damn um, it. I'm just happy that CT's poor performance this season on the challenge oh. didn't, didn't have him lose. He's really an icon. You know, Wes makes this point. You guys are going to hear it. CT at his prime was an absolute beast. And oh, my God. We have to recognize that. Also, CT and DM's romance and relationship mm. is like one of the best relationships ever on TV. It like makes me really sad that she's no longer with us. It was absolutely beautiful. And the way he stood by her and everything was just like, oh. What a, what a, you know, what an asshole, but also a stand-up guy. He's been through so much. Seems like he's turned into a great dude. Yeah, you know, I just, I just find him so fun. And just, I was re-watching this, the, the, the Bananas Backpack video, and I just, it's, the video isn't even that long, but I just loop it again and again. I've looped it so many times during this quarantine, and I just, in sheer awe, every single time I watch it. Isn't it amazing that Bananas was able to overcome that absolute (laughs) savage destroying of him as a character to be the Bananas we know today? I mean, if he could overcome that, people are capable of a lot. Shout out to Bananas. Seriously. It's much like the, you know, if Britney survived 2007 and if Johnny Bananas survived the Bananas backpack, you can get through the day. You can get through life. It's true. It's really CT and Bananas. They're inspiring is what we're trying to say here. Exactly. <laughs> and lastly, the other blowout I wanted to mention, the situation over Heidi Pratt. Sitch, I support it. I've also never really liked Heidi. I The thing is, I loved the Hills and Laguna Beach, but I've always been so pro-LC. Like, I'm such a Lauren girl that I never liked any of her enemies. And so I'm like, yeah. And, and the situation is like, you know, him and Snooki are both incredible. Right. Well, Heidi is just, she's fine. Like, she seems like a nice person. She actually seems like a good mom. But she's kind of stupid. No offense. And and honestly, Spencer is carrying those two in terms of, you know. Interest. Sh- interest, sheer personality, reality TV stardom. Season one and two of The Hills when Heidi is like just a regular person from Colorado who moved to L.A. looking to be famous or something is pretty great. I, I have to say, like, Heidi at the beginning is like a very real type of friend who like will ditch oh, totally. you for the second a guy comes along. Totally. <laughs> like everyone, everyone has a Heidi in their life. 100%. Yeah, definitely. I know. She's, I mean, their whole relationship to me is just like an interesting thing. I, I would have never guessed it would have lasted this long, but it has. It's like a real union. So happy it for them. It makes me happy it's lasted. Like, I think it's kind of beautiful. Same. Me too. Heidi and Spencer, I'm happy for them. I'm glad they made it. And situation, I'm happy he's out of jail. I love the situation. Couldn't always support him, but now I'm fully on board. <laughs> now he's like sober. I was watching this. This is so embarrassing. And I watched so many hours of these YouTube videos, but it was the situation loves food. And it was this MTV branded video that was literally like 30 minutes long. And I wa- I've watched it several times. And it's just the situation in the Jersey Shore reunion, family reunion season being like, I love my food. So where's my foods? And he's just 
like eating all the time and he's yeah on the family vacation his thing was he just ordered a lot of like meatballs like they'd go out to dinner and like random Vegas restaurants off of the strip and he would just order everything on the menu and they were also appalled because he was like preparing for prison I think and so he was just like eat while I can and also I think because he got sober so he like well and that too yeah 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 and because he's a result of that but he's just like actually someone you can root for now and I love the sitch I'm just I don't know he's he also imagine someone coming to television now like on listen to your heart imagine if someone showed up and was like I have an amazing eight pack I call it the situation and then he became the situation I mean it's just incredible it was very a very special time in 2009 an interesting era I know and and what's interesting to me is like seeing him actually evolve as a human and become because he was a dick on the Jersey Shore but he's really matured and I was watching a video of him and Ronnie fighting and Ronnie was still like very immature and just like aggressive and crazy but the situation was like really calm and I was just like oh my god who is this new situation I I really like it I think I can stand this guy I know he mutated into like your funny cousin that you can't say no to Right, who's always like grabbing food off the table and yeah. Still I know. I, it's really funny. He he's just the best. All right, let's get into Wes. How do you feel about Wes, Amelia? I didn't well, so I didn't really like him cuz when I was a teenager, I one of my first forays into like reality TV and like scandalous reality TV was The Real World and I remember watching his season Real World Austin, and he was, yeah. you know, obviously portrayed as this crazy frat guy from like ASU. And it's just like, oh my God. It's like I, I go to school with enough of those guys that I don't need to see <laughs> another one on my friggin' TV. You know what I mean? Totally. I've always had a weakness for him, even though he's like ridiculous. And I would say <laughs> this interview does not disappoint. For some reason, I've just always found his quips very funny. And like, he just is, it's amazing that he he talks the way that he does. You know, it's, it's great <laughs> stuff. I've always been a fan. I feel like you might be after the interview, so give it a listen. Okay, I'm excited. And now I am joined by the one and the only, the very famous Wes Bergman. Hi, Wes. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you. I do not, by the way, say that I am very famous. I do not <laughs> I do not uh, want that moniker placed as anything that I put my name behind, by the way. I would say I'm very popular. Okay, you are popular. Are, are, do you think you're among the more popular people on this season of The Challenge? Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm, (laughs) I'm one of the more popular people on every season of the challenge. And, you know, that's not really my fault. It's their fault for not being as entertaining as me. You do know how to give a good quote, but we were just chatting a little bit before starting this and you've shot the real world Austin in 2004, which was 16 years ago. Yeah. So you've been talking to the cameras for like a long time, almost half your life. Yeah. How old are you? 35. So yeah, it's just almost half your life, basically. Right. That's kind of crazy. It is well, crazy. T- yeah. Back in the day, they people would give me all this advice like, oh, well, really just enjoy your 15 minutes of fame. And now, <laughs> here I am 16 years later. Yeah. You stretched 15 minutes into 16 years. And it's it's pretty amazing. We'll talk more about the real world, Austin. I, I have so many things I want to ask about this season of the challenge. 35, total madness. It's pretty weird watching you guys be in this like bunker, essentially quarantined while everyone else, everyone is now quarantined in the world. What has the experience been like for you? Uh, watching it, like wa- yeah. watching myself in quarantine while in mm-hmm. quarantine. 
Yes. Uh, it's very, it's very meta. And, you know, like as soon as like the lockdown started to hit and so all, um, and all the states started to go under. And then I know that when the air date is coming, so I obviously mm-hmm. know it's coming. And obviously MTV thought of this probably before I did, but I started to put the pieces together. I'm like, I don't know whether or not this is going to make us go like viral and make it even more fun and different or whether or not it's going to hit the nail on the head so perfectly that it's one of those ones that they might even have to shelf because like, you know how sensitive the world is. You never know if like pretend quarantine should be displayed during actual quarantine. But I think the reaction has been mostly positive. I think people are really happy to have the show because there's no sports and it's like the most athletic competition on television right now, except for the last dance on ESPN. And that's not even current. That's old. That's old. Yeah. It's really sad to be like one of the top five most publicized athletes in the world right now. (laughs) I feel like in recent years, your athletic prowess is not really discussed as much as it used to be. Is that because there's fewer swimming challenges? Well, Okay, so it's a handful of things. One, I'm not as athletic as I used to be because I'm <laughs> I'm 35 and um, and I used to take it very seriously. It used to be like a full time job to lift weights and to get prepared and to do CrossFit esque stuff, right? And now I have a full time job, so I can do like the occasional exercise, like more of a normal person. Um, so I don't go on unathletic. It's just I'm not. I don't go on without not having trained. It's just, I just don't do it as much as I used to. That in combination with the fact that finally the other cast members, all the other cast members have understood, you don't stand a shot of winning. You're going to look like an idiot if you don't go in in really phenomenal shape. So as I've gone down, they've gone up and now I'm somewhere like, and I'm, but sadly I'm still in the top five. Which season was your peak physical performance? Um, I'd say the, the, Duel for an interesting for the duel because I mean not only is that the most easily quantified because I won but I wasn't too big so I was strong enough to kind of hold my own in, in wrestling esque things but yet I was small enough to still be able to run the required limit at the speed required to win in the final. Um, right. That was, the duel was what? What year was that? That was my was second. That was my second one, and I wasn't even twenty one yet. So we're talking maybe two thousand six. Wow. So you were like, that's when you were a prospect. Why are you guys calling them prospects and not rookies this season? Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's above my pay grade. They don't involve us in any questions like that. They've never once asked us. But I see what you're saying, though. And by the way, I wasn't a prospect. That was my set. The duel was my second season. So I did fresh meet one and then I did the duel. Right, right. Fresh meet one is iconic, obviously. I mean, one of the most important challenge seasons of all time. Yeah. That's where uh, Kenny came from, right? That is. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's all these great characters that come from it. Yet once again, I stole the show. <laughs> once again, sure. So, what is what is your training like now versus what it used to be? And also, before you answer that, what's your full time job? I own a business incubator, so we I invest in beta blocks. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched the Vimeo tour. Nice. How many companies are currently in in the incubator? We have over 200 in business startups. Wow, that's a lot, Wes. Yeah, my uh, incubator will do over a hundred million dollars this year, despite really? being on lockdown. In revenue. In revenue, yeah, we. Uh, I, I am uh, one of the most undercover successful people that anyone has ever met. Ever. <laughs> let alone, let alone when you compare me to other reality stars. I'm so freaking successful that the only pe- way people can wrap their head around it is by basically saying that I'm lying. Are you playing a part right now, or is this like how you really sell yourself when you talk about beta blocks? I'm on a little bit. 
Okay. Just wanted to just wanted to check. So what's like the what's your cut on each business? Like two percent, ten percent, five? It's five, but I have investors and partners and stuff that we all kind of split it up. I see. Um, so so beta blocks gets five percent total. Yes. yes. Got it. Interesting. And do you specialize in a certain kind of business? Kind of. Um, we have a rubric of things that uh, qualifies you to get in. And those by the time you go through it, they end up looking very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but like very scalable, tech-enabled or tech-like period. Um, Got it. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, that makes sense that like tech companies are in some ways pandemic-proof. You can do the work from home. Like developers can just be at home and doing their job. Yeah, some of our stuff is thriving right now. So don't get me wrong, some of it like like going to go out of business because of it, but an equal amount of, of companies are lines out the door, can't handle the demand type of thing. I know you've talked about it a little bit, but how did you get into this field? I've been obsessed with entrepreneurship since I was a little kid. Like, I mean, there are stories, whenever like I get together with family, they tell stories of how ridiculous I was even from elementary school on. I've just always been enamored by entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I started investing because of early hustles, let's call them side hustles. Um, but because of early successes and side hustles alongside MTV-esque stuff, I had an unfair amount of money very early in my life. And I made some investments in some very immature businesses, right? Like you're, when you're a young 20 year old man, the first thing you want to do is you want to buy a bar. So I bought a bar as, a, as one of five, like five examples. And a couple of them worked out really, really well. And then between how enamored I was with entrepreneurship and then um, how much of a drug a successful investment goes, I combined it all into one big, like a one big thing where it's a school for entrepreneurs that acts on my end as a, as an investment vehicle. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. And so like, what's the most successful company that's come out of Betablocks? Um, it's, it's probably a tie between, there's probably, there's five that compete with each other for revenue and value. But uh, one of them is this, it's a smart furniture company uh, where yeah. it has in particular a uh, smart lamp that you buy a, a handful of them. And then we send them out to your friends and family that live in different homes across the world. And then we connect them using a patented uh, kind of Wi-Fi connection where anytime you touch your lamp, then all of them in the pod glow a different color. So if, you're, if you've got a sister in Australia and a best friend in a dorm room, you touch your thing. So no text messaging, no messages. That's you really just, sweet. You touch it and they all just glow a different, oh like the same color. Because what are, you know, at first everyone was like haters on it. They were like, um, yeah, but why, like I've got apps and I could text and I could do this. And our thesis is because of all the options, because of the complexity of messaging people, um, and how many options you get, then it's almost like this lack of options and the complete and utter simplicity of, Hey, I'm thinking of you. Hey, I love you. And you just touch it and it all just goes. Um, that is what has resonated with people. That's, that is really sweet. For some reason, it's making me think of the movie E.T., but that's very, very sweet. <laughs> um, wow. I'm going to look into that. What's it called? Filament. Filament. Okay. Well, cool. filament, filament is the name of the company, but, it's, but if you were to Google it, you'd Google Friendship Lamp. Friendship Lamp. Okay. That's good but there's, to know. But we've got other stuff like uh, smart um, picture frames, same thing. Like you get a picture of grandma and you put it in and then she gets a picture of you and she puts it in. But when she touches the glass on the picture, uh, then her, then my thing glows knowing that she's been thinking of me because she just looked at the picture and touched it. My God. Wow. You're really, this is, this is blowing my mind. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Cool. So while, while other people are selling bobbleheads, we're selling tens of millions of dollars worth of lights. 
Is that a shot at your ally, Johnny Bananas? I don't know. I mean, that's I, I, I don't know where that comparison came from. <laughs> it's, uh, it's up to you to put the, put the dots together. But that is one of 200. Okay, one of 200. Noted. So back to my other question. What is your training like now versus what it used to be like? Like, do you cycle on? Do you like do some kind of like training system? Like, what is it like now versus what it was 10 years ago? Yeah, well, we weren't as educated in like the well-roundedness that we would need to be back in the day. So it also uh, it's evolved. I mean, that you didn't ha- used to have to run sixteen miles in the challenge. No, running has definitely become a much bigger part. Um, and so I used to basically just do bodybuilding is bodybuilding esque movements because the idea was get stronger so you could you know like move things and then. Mm-hmm and also get uh, um, bigger so you could move people. And so the idea was like, if you could put on 20 pounds of muscle over in the nine months that you're preparing for the challenge, then you go on more prepared. And then, uh, and then you wouldn't really have to worry about getting in final shape um, because the finals weren't as long. You could just grit it out like to where someone, someone that's not really a runner, if they kind of got their stuff together, could figure out how to run 10 miles for a day when there's a quarter million dollars on the line. But now we have the train. So I guess that's answers your question. We have to take running dramatically more seriously because now it doesn't matter what happens. If you get to the final, it doesn't matter how good of a game you've played. It doesn't matter how strong you are. If you can't run 50 miles. That kind of explains also like throwing someone like Jay in who seems like he probably be a good runner because he's small and like, he's like aerodynamic. The aerodynamic would be an interesting way to describe Jay. Uh, <laughs> but no, that that definitively has changed. I don't think that it, it, it makes the show a little bit, but when we're sitting around discussing who we throw it in and what order, the, their ability to run is one of the largest variables that we that there is. We we used to persecute rookies, but now I persecute marathon runners. And so like, it's, it's funny, like there are now like people that are active marathon runners on the challenge that don't post about it. So like who? Uh, I don't want them to know that I know, uh, but <laughs> okay. I'm, so I'm not going to, but like if these days, if you run, so uh, Georgia, who I dislike, she ran a marathon in between her two seasons, what season mm-hmm. one and season two. And she posts all about it. She's putting it all on Instagram. And I went to the entire house and I'm like, Oh, interesting. So you can beat us all in a final. Great to know you're going in as soon as possible, you idiot. And so now <laughs> what people do is, you're not, if you're smart, you're not posting pictures of yourself uh, running. That's silly. Right. That's Yeah, dumb. you don't want, you don't want people to know. You want people to yeah. think you're bad. I think that's one of the reasons Ashley's been so successful. It's because you look at her and you're like, Smashley, her, she's going to win a final. But there's, some tr- there's some truth to that. She's good. I mean, well, now, she, now she's gone. But let's go back to Jay for a second. So yeah. completely absent through four episodes is the fact that Bananas is dating Jay's ex, who cheated on Jay with bananas. Yeah. How much was that discussed in the house? Um, you know, what it boils down to is they, MTV can't show a storyline without there being footage to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that Jay and bananas had some sort of an understanding. And honestly, I think it was unspoken. I think it was one of those, they both kind of, but they just didn't talk about it in interviews. They didn't, if it ever even was remotely broached inside it, they would leave the room. And so there wasn't really any footage of people talking about it. So it, I think that they've chosen to kind of leave it off of the, um, leave it off the radar. Interesting. And also I will say the woman Morgan, she was also on dirty 30. Like she, she's been on the challenge on war, so, on war of the world's one. Yeah. 
sorry, War of the Worlds one, right? Yeah. Um, it's it, the whole the whole thing is like I keep like waiting for it to come out. Just like, well, are they going to talk about it? Particularly because Jay was targeted from the beginning, and you have to wonder like, is that one of the reasons why? In Banana's defense, um, not that he needs defending, but I know Banana's well enough to know that even if he wasn't her ex, I think I said that correctly, um, he would have gone after him anyway. Like he's such a a templated player of go after the rookies, go after the rookies, go after the rookies, go after the smallest one and just stall. That's his, that's Mm -hmm. his game plan. It has been forever. He's never innovated on the model. All he's done is stolen from predecessors before him. How do you think, and I don't know who wins this season, so I'm asking this blindly. How do you think that Johnny could improve his game? Like, he obviously, the last few seasons, hasn't done as well as he used to. And and to your point, people are very familiar with how he plays, and they're also familiar with the type of alliances he makes. And I think a lot of women in particular are just like, no, I'm done with this. How do you think he could improve and iterate? Yeah, well... um, Without giving him too many tips, of course. Yeah, well... He does a very bad job of actually playing the game with everyone in the house. What he wants to do is sit around with three people, basically, like or, or maybe even less. And he doesn't want to make new partnerships. He doesn't want anything to be formal. He wants everything to be very ambiguous in that he'll joke around with you and he'll make you think he's your friend. But as soon as you want to talk game, he will find a way out of that conversation because he doesn't want to formally partner with anyone, which gives him the ability to do anything and not be the bad guy. Now, I'm the complete opposite. I want to make deals with like three-fourths of the house, and I don't want my deals to be, I'm going to fall on a sword for you. You're my number one. That's not the deal. There's nu- there's nuance here. I want one deal to maybe be, hey, how about we help each other for a week? Or, hey, how about we help each other get rid of this person or whatever? So I actively am working with like three-fourths of the house and not like a full-fledged like, yo, you're my borderline married couple for the for this time. It's not that. <laughs> it's just... It's just, I don't know, I'm there to play a game and there's 30 of them. I'm going to go play with 30 of them. And he wants to play with three of them and then game-wise, ignore the rest. And part of that, I think, is a sense of entitlement and stupidity. So how did you guys end up forming your alliance then? If you obviously don't like each other and uh, have such different styles. We're both really desperate for friends. Um, <laughs> so uh, what happens is like I, I befriend all these like really smart young but talented people up and coming in their own rights and they and after my mentorship they grow up and get jobs and have families and so they all move on with their lives very quickly and bananas had uh gets with all of these losers who end up getting fired or in trouble or going to jail or whatever so he loses cast members so what happens is we do so we are, you, are you talking specifically about people within the challenge universe or just in general both okay Okay, yeah. so, so so you both need friends. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, that's supposed to be half joke, half truth. Well, um, John, Johnny's noted two friends are banned from the challenge, Evan and Kenny, but that's like such old news at this point. I don't even know if that even is relevant. No, not all that relevant, but then there's, the, the, he's got other friends, but it's like he has, he struggles to make new ones, new real friends. Okay. Who is like your best friend from the entire challenge universe? Uh, Nehemiah. Really? Oh my God. I haven't thought about him in so long. He was in Austin with you. Yeah. One of my companies hired him like three months ago. He just moved to Kansas city and we got him, we got him a house down the street from where I live. And then D came out to visit me from Australia and about two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago. And when she was out here, uh, Australia shut down their border. She's not allowed back. So now D is living with Nehemiah down the street from me in Kansas. Oh my God. 
God. Does Nehemiah have a family or is it just the two of them together? Just the two of them together. That's hilarious. How often are you seeing them? Just guys uh, go on social distancing walks? We go, we go, I go and pick them up when we go to parks and we walk six feet apart from each other around like, uh, like outdoor museums and stuff. Cause it's, <laughs> that's really funny. But where was yeah. Nehemiah before that? Arizona. Wow. Oh my God, Wes. So beta blocks is really just the center of your world and bringing people together. Not only yeah. through friendship lamps. Well, this is, uh, I mean, beta blocks provides me the opportunity to where I can play this game as a hobby for into my adult life. And that's the problem. That's the unfortunate situation for a lot of MTV's favorite cast members is they have to, the the challenge doesn't pay enough for it to be a full-time job. And MTV can sit around and say that it does all they want. It doesn't. Um, And we're not, and they're not slinging in enough happy meals on, uh, on Instagram to pay for that either. So it's not a viable option. So they have to go get real jobs and those real jobs don't have the flexibility that is required to go film the shows. And so um, I, because I have built something that makes it possible to fund my life in a very flexible capacity, then I get the privilege of continuing to do the challenge. Do you still enjoy it? Yeah, no, I, w- I mean, as we've already discussed on this, uh, on this phone call, it's not for the money. <laughs> Although, so like, what is it that you enjoy? Is it like being sequestered? Is it the gameplay? Do you just like light being on camera? Like, what is it that has brought you back so many times and just kept love- you in this world? I feel like it's a little bit of all of it, but uh, the biggest one, the biggest line item is I love the game. And mm-hmm. I, I think the second line item, which is a, which is complementary to the first is I'm scared of regretting not playing it. Um, like right now, like let's say that we had to leave tomorrow for the next one, which is obviously not happening because we're all like on lockdown, but let's just pretend for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see what my thought process is. I don't want to go tomorrow. I'm not ready to go tomorrow. My business can't let me leave tomorrow. If they made us go tomorrow, I wouldn't be able to go. It'd be ha- it'd have to be one of the seasons where I took off or whatever, right? Um, but uh, why to say if I said no? What my fear would be is in five six years I look back on I don't know whatever whatever the next season is going to end up being I'll look back on it and be really mad at myself that I didn't do everything in my power to do it, um, and I'll regret it because there are so many cast members that. I stay in touch with that are really mad that they maybe turned down the opportunity here or there or did things to burn their bridge with MTV and really wish that this could be a part of their life long term. And I don't, I, I don't want to find myself in that position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So like, when do you think you'll stop? Like when, when is the time to walk away? How will you know? I don't, I don't know, but it's soon. It's gotta be soon. Right. Like, and, and soon is a relative term because we're talking about an entire lifetime, but uh, it's gotta be soon. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I think you seem like you guys are in pretty good position right now. You and Johnny, you seem like you're still dominating. Oh my God. Yeah. The domination is ridiculous. Like not only in, not only in how we're doing in the actual game. So like for whatever reason, the athleticism isn't really, yeah, just because I'm getting worse doesn't mean that I'm not still like debatably the best. Um, but no, like I probably could athletically do this for another five years, but I don't, uh, I don't think I could. What I really want to do, and I, there's no formal plans whatsoever, but I really want to stay in the MTV universe. But because uh, they've made me, and I feel like a sense of loyalty to them, sure. and always will. And I don't really have a drive to be in the entertainment industry, so it's one of those. If I can stay in the entertainment industry, I'd like to do so on MTV. But preferably, they put me in a role where I don't have to like, where I don't have to continue, where I can just be 
funny and use my brain and I don't know some sort of a spinoff show and or or host something or something like that. But you're gunning for TJ's job. He should be concerned. No, nah, no, nah, that that would never that would never work. I don't want I don't want that. I would be yeah. I would be bad at it and um, and uh, I, I envision more of like a part part uh, host part like in the show in some capacity. Like a color commentator who also is like involved or something. Yeah. I think they should bring back road rolls. I, I don't know why that's not back. And then maybe there can be like a host involved and we can get you on it. Did you ever yes. consider did you ever consider going on a different show? Like how did you end up on the real world Austin? Um I went to an open casting call um while I was in college. Where did you go to school? Arizona State. Oh, okay. So interesting. And I feel like the real world Austin was like way before it's time because Austin is now like such a hip city, which I feel like you could have beta blocks in Austin. There's so many, like so much There's, tech there as well. You get it. Yes. It is a very beta blocks esque town. Um, but like one of the big things that helped Austin was South by Southwest. Yeah, and I know. our, our job was to film a documentary about South by Southwest and the attendance of South by Southwest in the year after our show aired increased by 10x more than it had ever done before. And there was a big article in the paper condemning how the real world took their quaint little conference and mutated it into this crazy high demand. And then here we are. So again, I'm taking way more credit than I probably should. But from an economic development standpoint, the real world really might have been one of the most important things to ever happen in that city. I'm going to fact check that after this call, but interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it for now. I do remember when you guys were like reviewing tapes of bands that were like maybe going to be at South by. And some of those bands went on to be pretty famous. Like it wasn't Paramore, but it was a band like that. Maybe it was Check Yes, Juliet. I think that was the name of one of them. We, yeah. Someone has told me the story. One of the bands that we denied ended up becoming relatively big. Um, but then one of the bands that we accepted the song that we put on the thing got really catchy. And then it was around the times that iTunes was like mm-hmm. coming out and they sold that one song enough times to where they became millionaires, hated the fame and quit. And then once again, uh, something for you to fact check. There's some sort of an article somewhere <laughs> about that band. I want to say it's called Hello Goodbye. Okay. Where they basically thank MTV for the million dollars, but they're respectfully retiring because it's not the lifestyle that they want to live anymore. Oh my goodness. Wow. So you both started and ended some careers is what you're saying with your time on the real world, Austin. Mm-hmm. Do you think the real world could work today? Like, obviously it was canceled and it was like on Facebook kind of came back, but like the final seasons were really far fetched. Do you think, you know, and, and this also speaks to the challenge and how there's people from other shows on it now. Do you think that people can sort of regular people just like want to like take a flyer on an experience can end up on reality shows anymore or has a type of person who ends up on these shows shifted? Well, I guess that when we say these types of shows, if we're talking about the challenge, yeah, like they have to have come from something else. I guess that's just a little bit of the prerequisite these days. But could the real world work? Yes, I think it could. I think in the same way that our friendship lamps work is as as the market gets more and more and more and more complicated, something can come in that's super simple and undercut it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because um, it, I think part of it though is like when you went on the show, how much did you know about reality TV in the real world? And it had been around for like 13 years already. But like, how much did you know about it? I mean, I was very, very familiar with it. What's your favorite season of the real world? Other than well, Austin, when I was when when I was being cast was um, um, Philadelphia was on. So I'm doing my, yeah, I'm doing my homework. Right. And so there's like Landon with a knife in his back pocket and all this stuff. Like it's a, 
it was pretty intense. Um, Landon, but, challenge, challenge champ of all time, I would say. He's yeah. he's top five for me. He's he's debatably he's top two, maybe even one, depending upon what we're talking about. Athletes to ever yeah. be on the show, but when we say like all around challengers, like everything that is being tested, he's not even top ten. Why not? Because he's only an athlete. That's where it stops. The the best athletes, in my opinion, you can correct me. I'm sure you have your own list. Jordan Wisely. I mean, he's absolutely insane. He's so yeah, good. Yeah, and he's all right. Oh my god! Did you see his elimination last year when he was swinging against the hammer? The most against a, a swinging the hammer. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Wow. Anyone that swings a hammer good these is, is classifies as an athlete these days. That was an incredible performance. Okay. Listen, so you I'm not I'm not taking no, he's he's he is very athletic. He's very impressive in a lot of areas. I just like to take shots at him. Everyone does. Why is he so annoying that everyone likes to take shots at him? Because he's so annoying. Like what but is annoying, he do? annoying's not the right word because he's not annoying. Let me rephrase. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Okay. To everyone. Like everyone, everyone on both sides of the camera, everyone. And it, and that's annoying. So he's just, he's just a dick. Tori just seems so lovely though. Um, yeah. She I is. love, I love Tori and Jordan. Okay. So my top, my top five, we got Jordan. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not in consideration because we're talking to each other. So we got mm-hmm. Jordan, Landon. Are we talking athletes or athletes. are we talking? Okay. Athletes. athletes. Jordan. Okay, Jordan's not in there then. <laughs> Jordan, Landon. Alton, he was incredible. Yes. Them two are definitely my one and two if we're talking just athletes. I, I mean, are we doing, Alton, are there just dudes? Are these just dudes or are we adding no, those I, in two? I was going to throw Cara Maria in next. Oh my God. <laughs> now she's a top five challenger because she's a 360 degree threat. She understands that the game is X, Y, Z, right? But if we're talking just athletes, she's not in the top 75. I was, my other two women are Rachel and Kellyanne. They're both no. really good. No. <laughs> Who no. are yours? All right, Wes, your turn. Who are okay, the best Rachel, athletes? Rachel Rachel might be in that top five best athletes. Yeah. But yeah. Kellyanne. She was really good at the eliminations. Mm, she did one impressive elimination. And <laughs> it was against Rachel, technically. But uh, no, not top five athletes. She's, I think you have some bias going on here. You can't comment no, on Kellyanne. I, no, 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 no. Kelly and I ended very amicably. Everything's fine. Like if I, I could talk to her today and we, I'm sure we'd shoot the shit for an hour and it'd be totally fine and, and fun. So I'm not talking shit for the sake of talking shit. I really do have love and respect and admiration for her still to this day. But I would, I never once while I was dating her been like, wow, she's really athletic. <laughs> All right. Who are the best athletes? Three men and three women. Go. Uh, Alton and Landon. We agree. Who else after them? And... Darrell, and then oh. honestly, you, you won't. You got to when CT's in shape. You got to throw him into the mix. You're right. He's just he's You're a right. freak. He's a freak. And and so now we're having a hard time getting four dudes. Okay, so, or when when the goal is three, so we can barely get three. And there are more for sure. There are more. Um, then on the girl side, Evelyn. Oh, I forgot about Ev. Yeah, she was a beast. Emily Schramm. Oh, Emily. Yeah, she went on to be a bodybuilder. Basically, she owns a she owns a, um, a a very innovative, forward thinking gym alongside a suite of. She's a boss, by the way. So Betablocks is contemplating a national model uh, where we do um, where it's a little bit more scalable, a little bit more done through Zoom stuff, and then the occasional you fly in and have like a week with our consultants and stuff. 
Um, and I need national coaches. And she's one of the first people that I think of. So she doesn't give enough credit for being like very impressive outside of the game. Um, she had a great blog called Bacon and Skinny Jeans back in the day. Yeah. She's one of the first she, people to have a paleo diet, like famous yeah. people. Yeah. She went really heavy on the bacon thing for a while. <laughs> she still, right, she still believes in it, but, uh, but she said that she got, it was just too hard trying to convince America that bacon could, could be healthy. So she just stopped talking about it. She was ahead of her time. A lot of people, I think, like got on board. All right, third, yeah. we got Evelyn, Emily Schramm, and um, you, are we able to bring in champs for stars stuff? Sure, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I guess uh, Lolo Jones is like ridiculous. Yeah, Louise Hazel <laughs> and Lolo Jones. <laughs> that was a, that's, that's a, that doesn't count. I take it back. You can't include them. Lolo, I mean, they're they're Olympians. <laughs> okay, Natalie Duran. Oh, Natalie Duran. She's not often yeah. discussed. She's kind of out of the mix. Oh, yeah. Wow, sorry. For, yeah. Wow. Sorry. I pulled in a professional athlete in discussion of who <laughs> is the most athletic girl to be on the show. Listen, you want to know what they should just rename War of the World season two to the season of propaganda because the bad guys were deserved the, the bulk of the, the edit because they were getting persecuted and they were fighting back. And so the bad guys were winning. And so they took over the show. But you mean the, the UK whole, team? No, I mean the minority numbers on both teams. Okay. I, I, it was a great season. If you have a problem with it, then you just have a problem with good television. No, I do not have a problem with it. It was highly entertaining. Propaganda is meant to be exactly that. But they told the story, like if they made like, for example, Paul, and I'm not a Polly defender. I'm just saying it like it is. Polly played one of the most magnificent games of all times and yet they left him throughout the whole they didn't give him the props that he deserved if i had did what he did everyone would be like oh my god west you're such a genius such a political mastermind but when paulie does it they turn him into the bad guy and all and so all the people that his gameplay and his numbers and his politics and and cars as well and 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 ashley's and cams i mean he was one of the most well thought out well organized amazingly strong alliances of all time and it's not going to get talked about because um, you know, of the propaganda. And so what part of that propaganda is like, is, is, is slandering Natalie because no one wants to admit that Natalie is good at anything. They just want to call her annoying and brush her under the rug because all the other people are jealous of her. I think part of being a good challenger though, to your point, And one of the problems with Polly is that no one likes him. Like you have to be well liked or like at least get people to care about you to really be successful, essentially. And at least at least I think so. And that's like one of the major problems with Kara and and with Polly is that they just basically like they can't get people on their side. They can't build a consensus. And to be a good leader, which I think is also being part of the challenge, is to get people on your side. And neither of them have ever been able to do that. And but so, but so that's the thing, like, and and I, I agree with everything you're saying because everything that you're saying, if written down and I was reading it, I'd be like, yes, that's 100 percent correct. But how is it possible that they could build and lead from day one to day, whatever the last day was? Um, the How largest long is the challenge? Most, 40 days? That one, that one was somewhere in the six weeks category. Got it. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere around there to give or take. It kind of depends on the theme and the amount of people that are there and stuff. But when you're like, oh, well, people have to like you and people have to trust you and all this kind of stuff. Well, how is it that, they, that they're that they not liked or trusted, but they could build the largest, most successful, most organized, most powerful alliance to ever be formed in the history of the show and they're not well-liked? 
The answer is they are well-liked. It's just that's boring and that doesn't make the interviews. What isn't boring is they have to show Jordan and Tory, for example, because they're getting persecuted because they're the worst at politics. That's why they're getting thrown in. And so you see their story and they're painting this story of, oh, all these bad guys, all these, they're scared of eliminations. They're scared. No, they're just winning. Um, and winning is much more boring of a story than, oh it my is, God, they're, they're scared of going in. Oh my God, we don't care who we go up against, said by everyone who knows they're immediately going in. So from this current season, what's like the, what is the most, um, what's the storyline that we're not seeing that's happening in the house? Ooh. Uh, or what's the biggest distortion that we are seeing? I mean, I, this season included in what I'm about to say from a working relationship, found myself around other reality stars from other channels, um, throughout the last 16 years or whatever. And when they share horror stories about scripting and faking and being taken out of context and all this stuff, it's crazy. I mean, it's almost like, so it almost doesn't make sense. It's like, you cannot believe reality television. We are not reality television. Our show does not do any of that. They are they started as documentarians and they are mm-hmm. still documentarians. They just happen to be really, really good, entertaining documentarians. And so I have never found myself in a position where, where the most important storylines aren't being told in as fairly of a way as possible. Am I always happy with the way that I'm, I'm portrayed? No, but they showed a very well-rounded, documented view of it. And if I'm not happy with it, that's probably because I made a mistake somewhere. And so... <laughs> I, I think that there are storylines that aren't getting brought up, but only because they there's not enough time to show everything. And so I think that they're choosing the most important stuff. So if you're sitting back and like, oh, I wonder what they're missing, or I wonder if this is edited improperly, the answer is no. It's <laughs> they've got they've got their stuff together. It's impressive. This is a really diplomatic answer. I don't believe you, but good job. I feel like you're really wrapping rap- well for the brand. Essentially, <laughs> I I really have no need to do that. I'm telling you, I have no need to lie to you. <laughs> I don't think I'm you're not, lying. West, I, I don't consider no you a liar. I'm not. Okay. Okay. Um, how did you feel about this house, this weird bunker? And by the way, the fact that everyone was so excited about such a giant gym really speaks to what you were saying earlier about, about uh, the way people train now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, on there was two things about it. So on one end, yes, it was much harder than a normal show. But the way I looked at it was very glass half full which was they're all going to hurt from this more than I'm going to hurt from this. I am an antisocial ginger that hates the sun. So therefore, is it, does it suck that I can't get outside? Does it suck that I'm going to be imprisoned? Yes. But this is more of an, a disadvantage for them than it is for me. Um, so it's almost like I'm a, it'd be like if I was a football player, but specialized in playing in the rain. Um, so something like that. Maybe okay. not the best enough. But, so you're but you like, were okay with it. How do you feel about a cold weather challenge versus hot weather challenge? I'm I'm for it because like all the Californians were dying and the Florida people were dying like so cold like they couldn't even they couldn't concentrate and and, and to me it was like spring. Like, <laughs> you're like Kansas <laughs> City. We got winter all the time. What was yeah. the temp? It it looked like it was really cold from the eliminations. Everyone in their cold weather gear. Yeah, well, the eliminations were much colder than the day stuff for obvious reasons. It was night, and for whatever reason, it was a very rainy season, and it all, and it rained a lot more at night. So, yeah, the eliminations were freezing. There was no pr- Kyle and I would have competitions to to see who is most prepared, 
for the watching the eliminations. And so every time we would bring more and more layers, more and more hats, more and more hoodies, more and more stuff. And then you'd get there and you'd be like, oh my God, I'm literally doing this just to make him laugh, but I'm going to have to take like five of these layers off. And then you're up there freezing. So there was no, there, you couldn't prepare for how cold it was, but um, yeah, not any worse than what winter is. It's just, you know. Just, I'm glad you brought up Kyle. I think the Brits are just a huge addition to the challenge. I like, I like all of them, but in particular, the British people just, they add so much. Yeah, me too. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of them and, and the decision to bring them on. I thought it, it I thought it was a, a good move. It, it brought some new life, a new, like a, into the show and, and everything. Is there a particular feeder system that you think is particularly good? Like whether it's Big Brother or if it's like the British or the Australians or like just in general, is there like a specific type of new competitor that really works? I mean, it's hard to deny the success of the British side. Um, and I also think it's starting to be hard to deny the completely random poll from some random country. Because like, if you think about it, even like we've got D and Turbo as like the examples that come to mind, where because they don't come in with any friends at all, but they have television and competition experience, so they come in more than prepared enough to play the game and to socialize and be good television characters, but they're all alone. They're representing their country. They've got a lot to lose because of that and they bring it. So mm-hmm. maybe we start, maybe, maybe they start bringing on uh, in a couple of more of these completely random. Yeah, I don't know, so you like, want more randos. Randos. People without, <laughs> people without context. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so what's, what's TJ doing during the day? I mean, this has been discussed a lot over the years, like what TJ what does. Coming? Yeah, like, do you guys see him more or less than you used to? Does he interact with you more or less? Uh, it's generally speaking the exact same from my very so first challenge steady. to where it is where it is right now. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't really changed. We um, we see him at, at at the times where you guys see him. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so, how many challenges have you done as a married man? Um, just one, two, three, three. three? Okay. Is it different oh. at all? Um, yes. Uh, it's, it's, it turns out to be a little bit of a wash um, in the sense that like, uh, um, I, I think that I, I, I'm actually like one of the girls is what, it, is what it's turned me into um, because they know that I'm around and I'm not trying to hook up with them. And so they like let me in on girl talk and stuff. And I'm there when they're like pampering themselves and they're giving me facials and, uh, and micro needling and things like that. It's pretty interesting. (laughs) That sounds like good strategy though. It is. It has done wonders for my political game on the female side for sure. So I would say, I'd say it's helped more than anything. That's great. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, Wes, it's been so great talking to you. Just one last question. What's the status of your monster truck? Um, my monster truck, actually, you remember how I said earlier, how I had like side hustles even before the, the MTV stuff started back yes. when I was like a very young man, I bought a Dodge Ram in 1999 and, or it was a 99 Ram. So I bought it in 2001, 2002 in that how area. How much did it cost? Well, before it cost more to fix it up than it did the actual to buy the truck but of the stuff i bragged about in the line you're talking about the monster truck is the least expensive (laughs) 
What no did you one, say? What, you had like 23 I, cars and like a monster I have, truck? I said I have a BMW, a monster truck, a Porsche, and 30 companies. And right. no one, no, they don't understand that like a absolutely jacked up monster truck costs, I don't know, 30 grand, but 30 companies could cost. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I, I remembered both. It was an iconic line. I have never forgotten I mean, it. I just want to say that also I told Wes I'd be asking about this and you said it was a dumb question, but hey, I'm already having a good time. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't say it was a dumb question. I said it was it wasn't original. Un, it was an unoriginal <laughs> jur- journalistic question because it's been asked so many times before. But it needs to be asked. I mean, it's one of the most ridiculous things ever said in the history of the challenge. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. My life is ridiculous. Also, I think the monster truck stood out because the 30 businesses is like, okay, what? And then a Mercedes, a BMW, and a Porsche, like you could lease those to get a pretty good deal. Not that expensive. <laughs> but not, th- not leased. Never okay. lease. By the way, if anyone is watching this wants financial advice, if you ever hear the word lease, run away. It's a scam. That's absolutely not true as it relates to cars, but that's completely fine. Cars that is absolutely true. They depreciate in value the second they leave the lot. Yeah. And leases uh, are overpriced. I have a really good deal on my car, but that's besides yeah, the point. Yeah, that's what they want you to believe. Maybe we'll speak after this. We'll talk to the numbers. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll, okay. I've got a car. I've got a car too. I can tell you. Okay, great. But I just want to say the monster truck is just so ridiculous because people are not often bragging about their monster trucks. That's why I yeah. think it was so lasting. Yeah, because they don't know very many rich people from Kansas. As a kid, how or like as a teenager, how are you paying for these cars? Lawnmowing. Really? Well, it wasn't cars. It was that was my Your thing one that I car. Said. This thing I saved up for for like six years and uh, bought bought it. But the most expensive part were like the tires and the lifts and the and the gadgets that go on it that make it like an off road monster. Do you drive it? I drove it for yes. I drove it to high school. I then it stayed in Kansas when I went away to college, and then when I came home, I had it for years after that. And then eventually, um, my dad drove it for a year, and he had to spend thousands of dollars to get some of because he would drive it to work. And one of the things that I did not only is the size obnoxious, obviously, but what I did to its sound was even more obnoxious. And he would get embarrassed to drive it to work, so we actually spent thousands of dollars to fix some of my upgrades to make it quieter. Oh my God. Did your friends think this was cool? Yeah. <laughs> I have pictures. I have pictures of us trespassing on farmland and driving the truck up on top oh of sheds God. and that's, taking pictures of it. That's so Kansas. Did you destroy anyone's property? Yeah, unfortunately. I feel like the statute of limitations has ended, so I feel okay with uh with Oh my god. They- Did you ever get caught or in trouble? No, but it's like off-roading is one of the most fun but expensive hobbies there could be I, I think maybe 50 percent of the time you take the thing off road you damage it and it costs thousands of dollars oh my god wow i've just learned so much uh wes it's a delight to speak with you i'll just also note for the listeners that this is the second time i've interviewed you i think the previous time was like seven years ago it was just over the phone and you were had had been in target buying a stapler and post-its and this was this was way better you know thanks for your undivided attention <laughs> well I, uh, I, I love to serve. <laughs> uh, catch Wes on the Challenge Total Madness Wednesday nights. You know that. I talk about it every week with Jacoby, as I will tomorrow. I'll be back then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>